0: Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, I hope you're having a great day. I hope that you've been spending some time already in your Bible and in prayer, and hopefully today you'll find somebody that you can share the gospel with. I always challenge you, do those three things and do them every day, and it'll strengthen your walk with God. You say, what is it again? It is prayer. And I don't mean just uttering words, but pray. Number two, read your Bible. Study it. Don't just read it to mark it off the list, but read it and let God speak to your heart. And then number Dr. Tom Malone, let me stop. You see, read it till you get the heartburn, till the Bible moves in your soul. Number three, witness every day, whether it be through a text, a tract, a phone call, door-to-door, at the gas station, at the grocery store, at work if you're able, somebody will be put in your pathway every day that you can be a witness to, and that's why we're here. Now, we've been studying in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This will be our third Bible study in the fourth chapter, and I've enjoyed going through this second letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. It's interesting how different 2 Corinthians is from 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is correcting. Paul is rebuking. Paul is shepherding this church uh, onto the right pathway they have strayed. The church is classified as carnal. Paul calls them carnal over and over again. It's seen in their division. It's seen in their personality conflict. It's seen in their pride. It's seen in their we could use peace, promiscuity. It's seen in uh, the fact that they're taking each other to court publicly suing each other, and there's division in the church. I mean, just sin after sin after sin, and the testimony had leaked out and gotten all the way to the apostle Paul, and he was well aware of it. So Paul wrote the letter to try to set things in order. Second Corinthians, Paul is now not so much on the offense, but has to be on the defense for most of it. Because the carnal Christians in Corinth, some, instead of receiving the correction, they bucked at it. And that's a common thing, is it not? But they got a little bit sideways that Paul would try to deal with their sin, and they looked for straw men arguments to try to undermine and devalue Paul's message. And they said, well, Paul, you said you'd come, and you haven't come. Now, Paul explains why he hadn't come two reasons. God had opened a door for him where he was, Ephesus and Troas, and so he stayed there to preach. But also Paul knew if he came too soon, he'd come in the wrong spirit. Paul would come with a lot of fire uh, in his bosom to uh, set some wrong things right, and he would hurt, discourage the Corinthians through his own heaviness. So he tells them in verse uh, chapter uh, 2 verse 1, he determined within himself not to be heavy. So he gave himself some time to make sure that he came and could be a blessing when he arrived. Now, in chapter number four, Paul has again began to defend himself. He begins in verse one by testifying that he has a ministry and he's not gonna quit because of God's mercy. And I've labored that before, and I think it's worth mentioning at least again that you and I are blessed to have a spot to serve. No matter what it is, bus route, pastoring a church, a mission field, the nursery, I don't care what it is, being a soul winner, God's allowed you to serve him. You've been blessed. That is mercy. Sinners, that's what we are. We don't deserve it. We did not merit it. We got mercy. We got grace. We got love. We got God's goodness. That's what it is that gives us a place to serve. And because of that, he said, we have a ministry. We've received mercy. We faint not. We don't quit. When these things roll into our lives that are less than favorable, when we hit a little rough patch, if you will, when the wind blows and the seas are choppy, when it seems like all hell breaks loose, that's all right. We just press on for heaven because of the mercy. That we've received in the ministry that we have to fulfill. Now, in verse number two, I mentioned it last broadcast. Paul says, We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness. So he said, We have the right truth, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, right? Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So Paul said, I have operated with the right truth and with the right testimony. I'm preaching to you. Bible doctrine. I'm not twisting scripture, and I'm not out for selfish gain or using some ulterior motive. I am in this thing for you. I'm in this thing for the Lord, and I am true through and through. So Paul has had to defend himself. Now, let me stop. We're going to read a new verse today. Talk about it. But if you've missed those other studies, find them, if you will, via the podcast. The podcast is available on Spotify, on iTunes, on anywhere you find a podcast. It's just entitled Striving for Revival. And you can become a subscriber for free. And that subscription will give you unlimited access to every study uh, that we've done. And I think that'll be a help to you as you try to study along with me in the Word of God. Now, it's interesting. As we look here in chapter number three, or sorry chapter four verse number three it refers us back to a thought paul gave us in chapter three in chapter three paul is contrasting the ministry of the law with the ministry of the gospel there's a difference letter and spirit stone and heart and paul refers to in verse number 13 through verse number 15 the blindness that happened in part to israel so that they did not receive christ the gospel christ came he came unto his own. His own received him not. Though he was their Messiah, the prophecy was fulfilled. They did not see it. Blindness of veil, if you will, was upon them. In verse 3 of chapter 4, Paul referencing the gospel makes a statement. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. Look what it says. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now, he's not saying it is hidden where they can't find it. Rather, they do not see it. For what it is in verse 4 in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them so if you remember back to the third chapter that I referenced how he talks about blindness in part happening to Israel The same thought is now put in place concerning them who are lost. The gospel is presented to them, yet they do not see it. The truth is presented to them, yet they cannot or do not see it. So he's responding now. He said our message, maybe he's talking about his first letter. Maybe he's talking about how they misunderstood it, and that's why they're criticizing him. Whatever it is, when the truth is preached, lost people, carnal people, don't receive the truth. They have that veil over them, like he said in chapter 3, verse number 16, the veil in response, in relation to Israel. He said those who are lost, those who are without Christ, those who are hard-hearted, those who are perishing, those who are unbelievers, a heart that is hardened by sin— is a heart that is veiled to the gospel but even in the life of a believer you and i've got to be careful because our heart can also be hardened by sin and when our heart is hardened by sin we won't receive correction we won't receive admonishment nor counsel or reproof right so a secondary application might be made of a of a refusal not just to uh hear the gospel but to hear any gospel truth or even to be a gospel witness, right? All right, now verse number four, "...in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." Now, Paul's talking about the lost, and now he adds another facet to his statement. Unbelievers have a hard heart toward Christ. But not only that, Satan, who is the God of this world, Not just is their heart hardened, but their mind is dulled, if you will, and so they do not comprehend the light of the gospel. The light can shine, and to them it looks like shadow. The light can shine, and to them it looks like darkness. In making this point, Paul is noting the distinction between the god of this world who is darkness and the one true god who is also called the true light and that of course is jesus christ he is the prince of this world so paul is talking about the gospel yes but he's also talking about they refuse to see god for who he is they refuse to see jesus christ as he is god incarnate the devil is compounding this thing, a hardened heart by sin and a dulled mind, or sometimes it's even called a reprobate mind, a seared conscience that cannot comprehend the things of God. You look at this world and wonder, how can they believe this and not believe the gospel? How can they believe that theory or believe that gender identity junk or believe this uh, 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 critical race stuff or believe this, that, or the other, these crazy humanistic, atheistic, liberal, nonsensical theories and promote it as truth. And yet they're preached the gospel and they're so blind to who Jesus is. Sin hardens the heart. The devil dulls the mind. We need to pray that God would give entrance to the gospel in the lives of these people. Well, that's all of our time for today. Until next time, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.